Welcome to the Lyme Dialogues. My name is Angela Knight. I'm a journalist and in this podcast I'll be speaking to Lyme patients about their symptoms and how the disease has affected their lives. I hope that Lyme Dialogues will give Lyme sufferers a voice and help by sharing information with others around the world. My guest today is the former world champion archer, Mel Clark, winner of a silver medal at the Paralympics in London and a bronze at the Beijing Olympics. But in 2003, whilst training with the able-bodied England team for the US Archery Championships in New York, she collapsed and nearly died of Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme Dialogues, Mel. And um, can you just give me a little bit of background? Whereabouts were you brought up? So I was born and brought up in Norwich in Norfolk and uh, spent most of my uh, sort of younger years there as such. And what started your interest in archery? I had a go at archery first with the Girl Guides and we did a, a have a go taster session. And it was something that I could do being in a wheelchair uh, that made me no different to the other the other girls I was competing with, and I was really bad at it, uh, but I enjoyed it. So so carried on from there. And why were you in a wheelchair, Mel? When I was eleven, I um, had osteomyelitis, uh, which is an infection in the bone of my hip joint. So I had lots of uh, surgeries and time on crutches. I had complications after that, which meant I used a wheelchair for any distance and crutches all the rest of the time. Yeah. And how old were you when you started archery? I believe I was around 15. I was still at school because I talked about archery in my uh, French GCSE. I remember having to learn uh, lots of different words in French for it. (laughs) And then you started competing. I did, yes. So I did a a sort of um, a have a go beginners course over six weeks with one of my friends one summer, literally just to get out of the house and and do something different. And then a couple of people said, oh, let's let's do some local competitions and really enjoyed it and progressed. And yeah, took off from there, was able to represent my club and my county very, very quickly. And then, you know, more bigger and bigger tournaments and eventually uh, got to international level. And you were playing with the England team. I was. I was on. I made it to the British Paralympic team uh, or the British Disabled team at the time. Um, and I had my first international in 2002 with them. And then in 2003, you were practicing a competition in New York State. Can you tell me what you were doing there and what happened? So I was actually the first disabled archer in Europe to represent Great Britain on an able-bodied team. So I was with the able-bodied team at the World Championships. It was a major uh, tournament and achievement for me. Um, I was out there competing when I suddenly said to my coach, I don't feel well. And I remember him coming over and saying, oh, you're, you're probably a bit hot. You're probably a bit excited about what's going on. Let's sit in the shade and cool down and see how we go. And that's pretty much all I remember. I know I became very, very unwell from then and had multiple seizures and was taken off Van Cortland Park in New York in an ambulance with lots of horses escorting us off and taken to the hospital. Goodness. And what were your symptoms? All I remember is having uh, my heart started really fluttering really quickly and I felt really dizzy and kind of sweaty, like I was going to pass out. 
Um, I had a, a pain in my chest and I, I just didn't feel right. I couldn't pinpoint what it was. It wasn't, you know, if you get a tummy bug, you know, oh, I feel like this. But all of a sudden I just didn't feel right. And so I was taken off the field where I collapsed and started fittings. And that's all I remember about that point, really. And you were in hospital for three weeks in a coma? Oh, yeah, I was in intensive care um, and the high dependency unit for, I, I believe it was three weeks. I was put in a medical induced coma to um, try and find out what was on and prevent the seizures having any damage, long term damage to me. Uh, my dad was flown out to America. Uh, he was told that I probably wouldn't survive 24 hours. So he needed to be in America quickly. So he flew over from the UK to be with me and um, spent that time with me while they ran multiple tests, pumped me full of antibiotics. And uh, finally, with the um, spinal taps, found the, uh, the Lyme infection. So you were lucky to be in New York to be diagnosed with Lyme disease. I was. I have been told that if I'd have been in the UK, I probably wouldn't have survived because at that time it was very, very much unheard of. And at least in America, it wasn't that common, but they knew what it was. They knew what they could look for. Yes. Can you remember what it was like in hospital when you woke up? Bits of it. Yeah. I remember being uh, in a bed with lots of wires and tubes, uh, tubes at my nose, uh, lines in my arm and medication. And I couldn't really do a lot for myself. My coordination was, was horrendous. And my dad's explained that I, I was almost drunk the whole time. I couldn't sort of put my hands to my face to feed myself or anything. My speech was badly affected. So um, I, I couldn't communicate very effectively and I, I couldn't move from sort of the waist down. So very, very confusing, very scary. Uh, my hearing and my sight was also affected. So I was waking up in a strange place with lots of different accents from the, from the American population and really not understanding what was going on. So, yeah, it, it was scary, obviously more terrifying for my dad. He'd see me be through it all. But, yeah, just just not a great place to be. And was your sight affected? Yes, I've, uh, I don't register sight in my right eye. I've been told that my brain registers the sight, but my eye doesn't process the image my brain registers. So uh, it was, there was a lot of uh, swelling in my, uh, my brain and my, my spinal cord, which is, it was caused a lot of damage. And that was caused by the Lyme disease? Yes, uh, it was tick-borne encephalitis yes. um, with it, so yeah, all, all combination. The doctors feared you only had 24 hours to live and you were connected up to a life support machine, unable to breathe by yourself. Thanks to their swift diagnosis that you had Lyme disease, you made a recovery. I did. Yeah, it, it took a while for them to, you know, get the official diagnosis and start the correct treatment. But yeah, um, after I'd got stable in America to the point that I could be flown home, I was um, flown home with a medical surgeon in case they needed to intervene on the way home and was transferred to our local hospital in the UK, where I spent another four or five weeks, I believe, sort of doing rehab and learning how to use my body again. Uh, it was a bit scary because we, we arrived at the hospital and the chief neurologist came to greet us and he said to my dad, so what's all this Lyme disease then? Which was a bit scary to uh, come back to that after being you know, in the media because of my sporting profile and obviously being treated for nearly a month with it. I didn't think it filled him with the most confidence. No. Can I just go back a bit? One question I wanted to ask you. It's when you were waking up in the hospital you were shocked. You were on a ventilator. The doctors told you that you would never be able to fire another arrow. Your father then had to give you some devastating news. 
Yeah, I don't actually recall the conversation, if I'm honest with you. I, I don't remember a lot about being in New York, um, which is probably a good thing, really. But yeah, the Lyme disease had affected the use of my legs. So I'm actually uh, paralysed from my waist down. So I can't walk or use my legs at all anymore. So from coming from being on crutches all the time and a wheelchair any distance, I became full-time dependent on my chair. And my dad had to kind of let me know that was going on, really. I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't feel my legs at the time. So it wasn't, I'd say, a great shock. But in a strange way, I went from being in a lot of pain with my previous condition to actually having no pain. So it wasn't, it wasn't as horrendous as it, as it sounds it could be. But again, it was, you know, a, a new life to adapt to and learning how to, to transfer my chair and, and wheel around and, and just get over everything and, and actually function as a, as a human being with daily life. And was your right eye affected by the Lyme disease? It was, yes, that's where uh, my, my visual impairment is. So again, that's another challenge with, you know, learning to wheel down a corridor and, and not crash into it and going through door spaces. And uh, I failed on multiple occasions, but it's, it's all, again, a learning process that I was determined to achieve. So how long did it take you to recover? I was in uh, our UK hospital for about a month. Um, and then my mum and dad effectively said, look, OK, let's go home. We're, we're not really progressing as much here well, I wasn't getting as much uh, physio as, as possibly was, was promised so I came home and we did a lot of external rehab and some private people came in and helped out and it probably took four or five months for me to get from uh, to be capable of getting into my chair on my own and confident with you know going out in my chair and, and that kind of thing to start with and then probably a good year I'd say mentally to get my head around everything which was, was another big issue but again, lots of support from friends and family and, uh, and, and starting out from there. And then how long did it take before you could get back to competing? So within about 15 months after my limes, my coach at the time uh, noticed that I was, I was getting frustrated because um, I wanted to compete, but everyone was saying my disabilities meant that I probably wouldn't be able to. So he said to me, I don't think you'll be any good, but I'll have a go and see what, we, what happens. And he gave me a bow and we sat in his kitchen and worked out things. People from America sent me equipment to borrow and try left-handed and right-handed. And uh, yeah, it was about 15 months after the Lyme disease, I was actually shooting to some effect again. And then we worked and worked and worked, developed a technique that was safe for me with my vision and my disability. And uh, pretty much two years after the day I was taken ill, I went to the Disabled World Championships, which was um, an amazing achievement. That was in Italy. So it was my first tournament, my first competition back after the Limes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was flag bearer for the UK and uh, we paraded around and I actually became world champion at that tournament. So it was a, a massive achievement and a, and a push forward for me. Yes. And then you were also selected for the Paralympic team. Yeah, Beijing 2008 was the first time that the bow style I shoot was included in the Paralympics. So it was a big honour to be uh, eligible for selection and I qualified and uh, yeah, 2008 found myself on a plane going to Beijing for the biggest sporting event um, any disabled athlete can, can go to, which was phenomenal. Yes, fantastic. And you won a bronze medal. I did. Yeah, very, very proud. There's an incredible photo of me with my mouth wide open cheering just as I've won. <laughs> um, so yeah, won a bronze medal at Beijing and uh, that was it. It was, you know everything was perfect at that point you know I'd, I'd done more than I ever thought I could and 
from from a sport that I had to go out for fun. It was great. How wonderful. Wonderful achievement. Well done. And then have you had any relapses? Um, I had in, I think it was 2006, 2007, I was put on a, another course of uh, doxycycline because um, I was displaying some symptoms that weren't adding up and spoke to my GP and he went, oh, it's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and then went back a little bit later with a, actually, this has happened. This has happened. I'm not convinced about this. And he looked into it and went, because of my history, it could be a relapse. We'll treat it and see. I was on antibiotics for a few weeks and nothing more came of it. So we don't really know. And are you still competing? I'm not. I actually retired um, about 16 months ago. I've got a, a little one now who's coming up two years old. So um, I carried on training. I, I competed in London. I trained for Rio. I carried on training for Tokyo and then decided that life has taken a, a different path. And I'm very much enjoying the, the challenges that this new life is bringing. So your circumstances have changed. You're married. You've got a baby. Yeah. Life is pretty great, life I should is, think. Life is better than I ever wished it could be. And, you know, particularly at that point in 2003, waking up in hospital and not being able to move or talk and know what's going on. Um, you know, my dad has said on many occasions, he didn't know what life was going to lead for me at that point. You know, didn't know where it was going to go. And, you know, like I said, I'm married, living with my husband and my daughter and life's incredible. And the Lyme disease wasn't great at all, um, but it's given me opportunities that I probably wouldn't have had had I not have caught it. Yeah. And have you met other people who've had Lyme? Uh, a few. Yeah. There's a couple of people internationally who have come um, when I've been competing and through translation have said, I've heard you've got Lyme. I want to meet you and talk to you. And again, different countries have got different ways of dealing with it and different ways of treating it and things like that from what I'm hearing. So I've met two or three people, not many in the UK. There's a couple of other archers who have had it recently who um, I've spoken to on messages and uh, and things like that. But luckily that seems to have been caught early enough that there's been very little long lasting effects of it. And how do you think you got Lyme disease and where? We think um, I was bitten on my finger in Norfolk. So we were competing um, in archery, camping in fields, and we'd never heard of Lyme disease. But it so happened that when I was in America, they were testing for it. There was a news article in Norfolk saying that Thetford Forest was rife with it. And we'd been there on many occasions training. So mum actually contacted the hospital and said, we've heard this. And they said, yeah, it's, it's possible. So that's the only possible we, we think. I, I don't recall a bite necessarily. I don't recall a rash. I don't recall anything. In hindsight, I was actually quite unwell for a couple of months prior to being diagnosed. But I thought I'm working too hard. I'm training too hard. Once I've got this tournament over, I can rest. So if I'd have stepped back and looked at it, I might have realised earlier. But I don't think I'd have been diagnosed earlier. No, unfortunately. And what would you say contributed to your recovery? I've got a fantastic set of parents who kind of wouldn't let me just sit there and complain about it because, you know, as dad said, life does go on and you're, you're young enough to get up and, and start again. So that helped. Uh, lots of rehab, lots of private work, a lot of sheer determination and, and kind of I really wanted to compete again. I really wanted to get on with my life. I, it would have been easy to sit and go, OK, this is it. This is rubbish. I'm going to let everyone do anything for me. But my experience with having disabilities as a child and seeing lots of other children who are worse off than me, I think, helped towards that. So 
setting a goal that I wanted to do this, I needed to do this and being pushed in to do it. Mm. You know, if I wanted a cup of tea, my dad said, right, you know where the kitchen is, go and sort it out, which was harsh at the time, but the best he possibly could have done for me. Yes. Do you ever look back on the time when you were competing in the US championships or have you completely put it out of your mind? No, we, we, re- we remember every year kind of. It's, it's an important anniversary and, you know, every now and then it creeps up on Facebook on a time hop and it's like, wow, that was, that was really this, you know, this many years ago. We're, we're coming up, we're not far off, you know, 20 years ago. So it's, it's more than my lifetime away now, which mm. is amazing. It doesn't, doesn't feel like that at all. But I wouldn't change the fact that I went to America and, you know, that happened. It was a, it was a fantastic experience up until that point. And as I said, it's it's changed my life, but I wouldn't say it's changed in a negative way. It's just made things different. Has it changed your outlook on going outdoors and with your daughter as well? Not really. We we had some concerns. I did a bit of reading. Was you know was there any more risk of her um, having anything to do with limes with the pregnancy and things? And we we couldn't find any information either way. Um, the doctors we asked said we don't really know. We don't think so. So I think we will be a bit more cautious. But no, she's a kid. She loves being outside. And, you know, I, I spent all my childhood outside and we spent years in fields competing and camping before this happened. I think it's just unfortunately one of those things that I got and we, we've got through. Do you think you'll let her compete? If she wants to, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping she picks a, a sport that maybe doesn't, you know, cost her quite as much and <laughs> and things. But no, if she, she can do what she wants to do. At the minute, she's, like I said, she's not only not only two yet. So um, she's just happy yes. sort of playing and running around in the garden, which is, is lovely to see. What's her name? Callie. How lovely. Thank you so much for talking to Lime Dialogues, Mel. It's been very welcome. great to see you again. And congratulations on your new life. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Oh, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. If you know others who would be interested in Mel's Lime story, do please share this podcast. And if you'd like to tell me your Lyme story, you can contact me by email at limedialogues at gmail.com or by Instagram at lime underscore dialogues at Instagram. Thank you for listening to Lyme Dialogues. Take care and goodbye until next time.